Ladies and gentlemen, the recipient of the National Jefferson Award and the number one New York Times best-selling author, your host, Dave Pelzer. Hello, America and the world at large. This is your host, Dave Pelzer, as always, speaking to you in my own voice, attempting to try to save America, and now more than ever, the world at large from itself, starting with me. As always, thank you so much for taking your time. Again, it's always something. There's always something on the plate. I just got off the phone with my son and aggravated about the cars in the shop and what about this and that, and then there's this, and I'm going, well, you've got this. You've done more than this before. You've got this. There's always so much going on. And again, for you to take your valuable time to give me a listen, it actually encourages and inspires me more to do more, if that makes sense. But it is an honor for me. It truly is a humble honor. And if you're new to the show, give us a couple listens. It's a different type of show. You know, you got to be a little, little astute on this show. It's always about moving forward and being a better person and helping others along the way, dealing with situations as they unexpectedly come up. And sometimes with some situations, I was talking to a, a doctor the other day, and, and, and I'll try to maybe put it in the show here. It says, I don't know if I can do this. Then I said, then don't. Admit you can't and then move on. Oh, okay, that's an idea. Does that make sense, ladies and gentlemen? Sometimes I really think we take on so many things, so many projects, and we can't do them all or dedicate all the time and energy we want. And that's okay. That's okay, and that's a lesson I have learned. I've learned so many lessons in the last, I think, you know, since before COVID, during my, my, my divorce, I have learned so many lessons. And I hope I can bring some of these lessons to you to not to make the same obtuse mistakes that I have made. If, 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 if you're down, then maybe I can kind of just inject you with a little bit of, you know, uh, a, a sense of, of worth, a sense that your chin is up, your eyes are on the horizon, not down on your shoelaces. You know, because in life right now, more than ever, we all deserve to be happy. So, again, thank you for giving us your valuable, valuable time. It means the world to me. And with that, the, the most important question is, how are you? How are you doing today? Fall is here. Winter is coming. And we got the silly season upon us. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to Halloween this year. Um, I'm going to see my grandson and family, and he's four, so he's really into it. And there's a, uh, 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 my, 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 my daughter works at uh, the, the police station and does work there. Um, and they have all their little stations for the kids for trick-or-treat, you know, uh, right before Halloween. And I'm bringing up eight pounds of candy, only eight. And, and this year we thought uh, SJ would be either a police officer or a firefighter or, or you know, an, uh, something else, maybe an action figure. But he decided, unexpectedly, he wants to be a shark. There's a photo of him leaving Target, Target, in the shopping bag or in the shopping cart, and, and he's wearing the, sh the blue shark outfit. So my lovely daughter uh, 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 says, hey, I got, you know, you're coming up. Why don't you dress as Chief Brody from the movie Jaws? I'm like, yeah, I got like utility pants. I've got like a mock t-shirt or mock long sleeve shirt that he has. I just think we're going to need a bigger boat for all the candy. So I hope that you are kind of excited. But please, we'll talk about this again. Don't overwhelm yourself, okay? Because even my dance car is getting full. I'm being invited to little soirees for either post, pre-Thanksgiving or Christmas things and so forth. And I always try to, you know, uh, help out in the community. But a lot of people, they plan so much. And they overdo it. They don't get a chance to relax. And the older I get, less is more. I don't have to bring a 20-pound turkey with stuffings, with green bean casserole, with this, with that. Da, da, da. No, I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just bring one thing and that's it. A lot of people run around so much they don't get a chance to be still and absorb the moment. To absorb the moment. So make some plans, yeah, 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 and enjoy it and take lots of photos. But make sure that you can enjoy the memory. Does that make sense? Because life is fast. 
What was that movie, Ferris Bueller? Life goes by pretty fast, man. You got to stop and catch some of that. What do they say in American Beauty? There's so much beauty out there. And sometimes you just don't see it. So I want to make sure with all that you're doing, you're taking care of you. All right. Well, wow. This is going to be a little bit of an unusual show for you. It's a little bit unusual for me, and I'll try to explain myself. There's just so much going on. We've, we've, got, we've got Senator Feinstein. We've got Too Fast, Too Furious. We've got a strike with the UAW. Uh, we've got thousands of medical staff members in California striking from Kaiser, uh, Kaiser Permanente Hospitals. We've got hands across the aisle who got slapped. Uh, we talk about, we're going to talk about how crisis can bring out the best and worst of us. No peace in the Middle East and no one at the house. I call this Monday. Monday. There was a show, um, and I'm sure Eon Productions was, oh my goodness, they, they probably said, gosh, that should have been our new James Bond film. Darn it. Uh, uh, was it the Mission Possible, Dead Reckoning, part one. And there was a scene, the crew, you know, the crew, dun, 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 dun. They, they got to get uh, at this flash drive, bump into the, a person, get the flash drive without the person knowing about it, uh, downloading it, uh, maybe contaminating it, uh, you know, with a virus, and then putting it back in the guy's pocket without knowing it. At the same time, Simon Pegg is going, whoa, whoa, Ethan, hang on. While you're doing that, you want me to break into a room with no door, maximum security to find a bag out of thousands of bags that may or may not have a thermonuclear bomb and I have to disarm it with 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 a Q-tip. And Ethan's like, yeah. Simon Pegg goes, oh, Monday. <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff going on. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, first and foremost, I think it's, it's, it's most appropriate to give a tip of the hat to the great man Dam, the late great uh, the Bay Area Zone, San Francisco Bay Area Zone, uh, the lovely uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein. Wow. I mean, I mean I, I've met Senator D. O'Connor, uh, Supreme Court Justice, you know, and, and I admire uh, Miss Nancy Pelosi. I really do. I admire anybody. So that's the thing I, what I like about my life is my heroes don't have to be, you know, the movie stars or, or, or the sex, sexy people, this or that, or, you know, my gosh, you know, the people have really, you know, the people that I admire are the ones that stand up and fight for something. They fight for a cause. They're not fighting for themselves. They're fighting for people who have no voice. People who are not doing too well. You know, that's why my heroes have always been the teachers and the foster parents and social workers, the janitors, for goodness sakes. People that you think you, you don't even recognize the work that they do, but the floors are always clean. Our kids are taught something. In the middle of the night, uh, a, a, a children who has no home will be taken in by strangers. See, that is, to, again, that's leadership, that's giving. And, and Miss Feinstein, I mean, she she was that. And she was, man, she was a, oh, my, you, you never cross paths with her, for goodness sakes. And I remember as a child, I was in foster care when she grew national attention because she was the first female mayor of a major city. Harvey uh, Milk was uh, uh, the mayor at the time, and he was assassinated in part, in part of his agenda, in part because he was openly gay. He was trying to have... Uh, gay rights and he he had a big he had a mouthpiece i mean he was not shy at all and and he also fought for for, for same-sex marriage at the time when everybody was so they said that will never happen and you know it's amazing on a riff people are still upset about same-sex marriage i mean i i know this sounds crazy but what's the big big deal because once you're married it's always the same sex am i right and I live in a very, uh, I live in a predominantly gay community. And the gays, they run the table here. If anything happens in the community, they're involved. They're helping out. That's fantastic. But I hate to say this, and hopefully it will not be taken the, the wrong way. But I think my gays are just too happy sometimes. You know, I want them to be married. I want them to be just as miserable as the heterosexuals are. 
<laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, a little levity there, but I digress. Miss Feinstein did so much as a new mayor. She, she actually cleaned up the streets of San Francisco. There was lots of problems, and it was a very controversial move to clean up and rebuild Pier 39. And she took a lot of heat over it. She says, no, we're going to invest money now, but it will pay off you know, financially. We'll bring a lot of tourism back because there was not a lot of tourism back in the, the mid to late 70s. Not like we have now. The most, uh, the biggest tourist attraction we have in San Francisco, of course, is the Golden Gate Bridge. And supposedly, number two, it's Pier 39. So you talk about thinking ahead of the curb. And this lady, God bless her, if I'm correct and if I'm wrong, I apologize. But I think she was a senator for about 30 years. Now I'm going to slow down. And now I need you to listen with your head and your heart. This woman served in the Senate for around three decades, which I think was 15 to 20 years way too long. It was not about power. It wasn't a money grab. It wasn't about greed. For Ms. Feinstein, it was always about service. That's, that's it, and that's all. And when I say too long, I'm thinking being away, the time away and the energy away from your family, your friends, yourself, etc. And now I'm going to slow down a little further. I'm 62. I am 62 and I'm alone and that's fine. But if I learned one thing of the many millions of lessons I've learned since before COVID, since my divorce, is that after being a firefighter for not one but two separate districts, that weren't connected, uh, uh, being a firefighter seven days a week. I, have, I didn't even wear civilian clothes. I was always in duty uniform. And uh, before COVID, during COVID, trying to uh, help assist with the shots and so forth, packing for my the Atomic Blonde, packing her things, getting her things moved, and then packing for myself so I can try to move. And even before that, I would be on the road 300 plus days a year, 16 hours a day, five to seven programs a day, trying to solve everybody's problems. So maybe I didn't have to solve mine. Mm -hmm. And then uh, uh, spending summers in Iraq, doing an internet radio show from Baghdad, going to Katrina, going to all these special ops and so forth, writing uh, nine books, now doing a podcast show. If I've learned anything it's so important to slow down i said this example before and i'll say it again i was young and i was watching uh, the the football game the f the 49er football team and those back in the heyday it was joe montana and jerry rice they were such a team and joe montana would have two minutes left and he's six points behind, and you knew he was going to score. You knew that Rice would catch the ball. And Joe got out, but not at the right time. They say now he's in a walker, he has a cane. He's in such pain. One of the last touchdowns I saw with Jerry Rice stumbling, he caught the ball and was stumbling, and he wasn't a fraction of the great man that he was during, during his prime. And there was a young guy who was going to tackle him, and he could have taken him. Rice got the touchdown. The opposing team called that other guy, says, why didn't you tackle Rice? You might have lost the game for us. And the, the guy basically was in tears and says, I didn't want to break his bones. Point being is you got to get out at the appropriate time. You got to look at the bigger picture. I mean, I'm, I'm basically out to the fire department now. I mean, I'm out from Sea Ranch. I, you know, I do little things here and there, but you know, nothing like I, nothing like I used to do. I help out where I can as I can. But it's important. I had a, a fire captain, a, a dear friend of mine. She was one of my instructors, Shelly, beautiful lady. And, and we were talking about when to get out. And, and, it's just, and I was going through the divorce. And part of my problem was, you know, uh, my atomic blonde wife, well, if you work another year, we'll give you $30 more extra a month for retirement. If you do this, we'll give you a little bit of this or that. And I remember my wife, we were married at the time, she says, I said, $30 a month for another year of retirement? 
I'll give you a check right now for 500. Let's get out. So I told Shelly, I says, okay, you want to get out at 50? Uh, get out now. Because it's a numbers game. Sooner or later, something's going to happen. And the body's not going to recover. You have to think differently. Does that make sense, ladies and gentlemen? It's so important to slow down. There's always, the world's always going to be on fire. There's always going to be an op. There's always going to be something. But I think it's so important It's 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 it, to, to just take care of you. I have this relative, and and I've met many, I've worked with many men. I, I know, of course, lots of gentlemen friends. I've flown, and I have, I have camaraderie and firefighters and so forth. But this guy, this one relative, I call him a saint. He is the sweetest, most selfless person. He's almost childlike. He's, you know, he's in his 50s, and he's still like a child, which is great. And he was telling me that he's just so overwhelmed. This man helped another relative, his children, when the father passed. This man discovered his mother dead as a young person, just barely in his 20s. This man easily gets overwhelmed. He had a heart attack in his 40s. He's codependent. He's easily overstressed. And he says, what do I do? What do I do? Ah, I said, you've got to slow down. Don't take on so many projects. You can't please everyone. I do this um, of the, the every, uh, at least every six weeks, if not every month. I drive around the community. It's a small community. I know basically a lot of the folks who are homeless who are not doing well. And if there's, like, say, 20 people, I'll buy 25 uh, uh, sandwiches, the chips, the water, mail, mustard, I've learned the hard way, a napkin. And I remember one time I was delivering food, and, and this one guy comes up and says, what about me? I says, okay, all right, I'll be back. And I got him the same thing. I gave him the bag, and three or four other people came. I says, hey, what about us? Okay, four people, I'll get six bags, okay, just, just in case. So I delivered six bags, or four bags, and then four of the people showed up. So now I got to, I, I realized I just can't feed everybody. And I said, well, maybe you guys can split a sandwich with, you know, you got three bags of chips. Give this guy one, give him half your sandwich, something. We all have to come to the realization that we can't feed everybody. We can't solve everybody's problems. You know, sometimes we just have to have a boundary for us. And it's, that's not about being narcissistic. It's not self-centeredness. That's why I always say, in all that you do, take care of you first. There's a business thing. You're supposed to pay yourself first. I do not agree with that. I believe, uh, like, like, like any parent, you always feed the family first, and you, you, know, you, you kind of eat last, but you've got to make sure that everybody else is settled. That's just how I am, and that's kind of a generational thing. But on the other side of the coin is, I can't do for others if I can't do for myself, if I'm sick, if I'm overlabored, if I'm having a heart attack in my 40s, does that make sense? I, I know it, 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 it sounds a little weird because the thing is I want you to visualize. Life is hard. Look at the news today. I've, 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 I, I, I actually wrote this show a couple of days ago, but because news has changed so fast, I had to alter this seconds before I started recording it, and I know some of this news is going to be old by the time it gets to you. Life is fast. Life is furious. Life is sometimes is unfair and unjust. And here's a lesson if you're a young person. Life is never fair. You, I, I, I knew that as a kid being abused. I knew that. I will never forget this. I don't think I told this story before. It was Friday. I'm in the fifth grade. My parents are separated. My mom is going cuckoo-cachoo, and I know she's going to kill me. And I hate Fridays. I hate Fridays because Fridays means, you know, I'm not going to get fed until Monday morning. I'm going to get my, my butt kicked every 20 minutes. I'm going to live down in the basement, in the cold basement, the, you know, and so forth. No blanket, no nothing. And I remember I was being taunted by these kids, you know, and I finally, for the first time in my life, I, I just, I wasn't thinking, I was tired, I had, I was spent, 
And I stood up and I stared at these kids. And I screamed from inside. I, I wish I had like that, that Iron Man super power, you know, that laser power he has. And I was screaming inside, who the hell are you? You are so lucky. You have everything and all of it. You're not a slave. You don't have to eat from garbage cans. You are real. You are wanted. You have warm bed. I have nothing. Nothing. And I just wanted to vent. Everybody's got something in their backpack. None of us are self-made. Some of us have more challenges than others. And that's just life. It's what you do with the backpack. My relative has all these stones in his mental backpack. And I said, you don't have to do this. Take out that stone. You can do that next time. Take out that rock. Quit putting all these things in your backpack as you can only carry so much. And it's about choices. The choices I made in my 20s are affecting me in my 60s, working out. The choices of saving money rather than doing this. You know, you have to invest in yourself. Take out those rocks. And I've, I, I've, I've done it physically. I, 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 my, my golf bag probably weighs 60 pounds. I've got like 30, 40 balls. I've got extra, extra stuff. As a firefighter, my turnout gear, my bunker gear, the, 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 the pants and the jacket, uh, people can lift it up with one finger, their, 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 their bunker jacket. Me, it takes me two full hands because I've got stuff in every pocket. I might need this. I might need that. I actually would carry an extra bag with me on a call, 35, 38-pound bag. Now, did I use some of that stuff? Yeah. But on one call, I deliberately stripped everything out of my bunker gear, did not carry the backpack, the extra bag, and I was able to do something I hadn't done. I can basically jog. Oh, my God. Rather than like one step, mm, another step, mm, one step, mm, I was able to boop, 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 like the other firefighters. And my relative says, who put, what's this backpacking? How come it's so heavy? I said, it's your backpack. It's heavy because you put the rocks in. It's your choice. Does that make sense, ladies and gentlemen? And I got to tell you, and this is important, I've been on scene, first on scene, and I've seen people die right in front of me. And, you know, you, you hold their hand or try to make some form of contact with them, make sure they're not in any pain. And sometimes I've heard dying words. And it's a lot like the movies. You can't even understand them because they're swallowing the blood or they repeat, they repeat, they repeat, they repeat themselves because their synapses are firing off. I've never heard anybody saying, gosh, I wish I would have worked so much more. It's always about the kid. The, the, the spouse, the lover, the parents, you know, it's always those last things that are truly important. And I am not saying anything negative about the late, great senator, but I'm trying to convey, I'm just trying to convey, maybe you're at the point of your life that if I do this, I can get the new car. If I do this, uh, 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 something will, I mean, if I work longer, I'll get $20 more a month of retirement fee or retirement fund. Hmm. Choose wisely. Does that make sense? Because what I like about, I mean, I don't like death, but when I read about an obituary, I read about great people like someone like the, the late great senator and the magnitude of what she has done with her life and her life choices, it gives me a life lesson. When I read, oh, she was like a senator for 30 years, I'm going, God, that's too long because now she's pushing 90. She can't even walk. She's in a wheelchair. I'm going, Miss Feinstein, please, we love you. You did your service, but now let us serve you. Let us take the torch. Does that make sense? Goodness. So I just want to give a nod to her and her family. And, of course, with life, we talked about it. The, the, there's always something. We talked about, I think, one or two shows before about the possibility of uh, the strike with the United Auto Workers Association or, U, or the, you know, the U, UAW, pardon me. So we're in week number four, 
And people are starting, my, my son's seeing it right now. They're supposed to get a part or trying to get a part, and they don't know if they can get the part, for goodness sakes. Uh, uh, and they're talking about laying off 5,000 workers. Jeez, that's just terrible. The after strike is five months into it. It's actually affected one of my long-term projects that I was hopefully <laughs> going to put into gear. But more importantly, we have uh, thousands upon thousands of specialists, nurses, medical staff from Kaiser Permanente in California that are on strike. And if that wasn't enough, well, guess what? This storm just gets more. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's terrible. So a few days ago, the then Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, uh, uh, who's only been Speaker of the House since January, and it was a pretty tough battle for him. And I always had the sensation, man, you barely made it in. So you better watch out because the knives are going to be out. Watch the Daniel Craig film about knives coming out, the night of the knives, for goodness sakes. So anyhow, he was fired. And I couldn't believe this. There's no sex scandal. There's no drugs or inappropriate behavior. He was fired for making deals with the Democrats to avoid a federal shutdown. I thought this was an SNL joke, like, what? He, he talked to someone that wasn't wearing the, the, the Republican tie badge, and he got fired for that? Really? Come on. I, I, I mean, what is that line from uh, Blazing Saddles? What in the wide, wild world of sports is going on here? Uh, he was making concessions, which politicians do every day. I, I, I really don't understand. I, I, I understand it, but it doesn't make sense in, at the same time. Here's the joke. All right, let's have a civil, uh, let's have a civil, a class in civics. Here we go. Write this down, boys and girls. Politicians, this will be on the test. Politicians are supposed to serve the people. That's it. That's all. The people. Black, white, yellow, brown, gay, straight, four eyes, two eyes, short, tall, Republicans, Democrats, everyone. That's what we're supposed to do if you're a politician. It's amazing. And it's, it should, it's, I don't know when things got, a lot of people said it was during Clinton, then they said it was during Obama, but definitely during the, the, the era of Trump. It's not about the party or about one's self. It's about being of service. Uh, I'll never forget this. Um, I'm a gaffer. Gaff means you're someone like me. We talk a lot. And sooner or later, my foot is going to go in my mouth. That's it. It's a given. I mean, people used to take bets. What do you give him? Three minutes? Mm, he's doing pretty good. I give him 17. Oh, I give him one minute. Watch, Pelzer's going to screw this up. Five, fourth, there he goes. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm known to, to say something stupid. I, I, it's just, I don't mean to. <laughs> and uh, I was with candidate Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was running for governor. And we spent a few hours together, and, you know, you, you go to appearances with him and stuff like that. And at the end, you know, uh, when I met him, uh, you always give him a big cigar. And he goes, yeah. And then at the end, you know, you, you do the, the bro photo, you know, uh, the bromance photo. You know, you put your arm around the guy, and he's smoking a cigogi, and I have a cigar. And, and without thinking, because I was relaxed, I looked at him in the eye. And I said, sir, always remember this. Now you work for us. He flinched for a little bit. Like, What? And even his staff, like one of the, there was a young staffer, a uh, young lady. She covered her mouth like and gasped like, oh, my God. Um, I wasn't worried about him terminating me, but I just said it because that was in my heart. Being a parent, you're of service, not only for your children, but the values you're giving them to raise their children. I don't care what job you do. Again, janitor, police officer, a teacher driving that UPS truck, whatever it is we do, we're always of service to others. And maybe back in the day in the 80s with the professional motivational speaker, info commercial, you know, are you bankrupt? Do you have zero dollars? Are you homeless? Buy my kit for $2,000 million, and I will teach you the secret 
of how to buy thousands of homes, no money down. Really? Well, that sounds like a good idea. Come on. Come on. Snake oil is what we used to call it. You know, you buy something, it's really nothing. It's just hot air. But the days of self-importance are dead and gone. Again, if COVID taught us anything, is that we're all affected one way or another. That we're all connected. And that we should all strive to help out. The best thing about, I, I got to tell you, I love this country so much. If I was born in any time, anywhere else, at a different time period, I would have never have made it. I'd be working in, in, in a cold mine. I'd, I'd, I'd be either in jail. I'd be dead. But the fact that I live here because there's so many opportunities to help out others or to climb the ladder, to attempt to try to achieve some greatness that maybe your parents didn't have. Does that make sense? So back to this thing, compromise. Yes, every day we compromise. If, we're, if someone cuts you off at the, at, 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 when you're driving, okay, all right, just back off. It's cool. You know, there's always that idiot at Starbucks. Well, um, hmm, I've been in here for 20 minutes waiting, and I think I want a latte mocha extra. And you just like seed. You go, no, 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 it's okay. I'm just going to keep this down. You know what the word compromise means in one word? Marriage. That's it. Marriage. <laughs> you compromise a thousand times a day. It's the art of the deal. The art of the good deal. You compromise. The era of my way or the highway, again, the dodo, dead and gone. And you know what's amazing? Uh, I, 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 that's, this is why I'm a little upset. I don't know if you heard of this guy. His name was President Reagan. Okay? And his nemesis, his nemesis was Tip O'Neill, Speaker of the House Tip O'Neill. And during work hours... The president would try to, you know, have a conference. I'm going to, you know, run this up the hill, and I want, I want, I want the the speaker to pass this bill, blah blah blah, and it would get to the Senate floor, and Tip O'Neill would grandstand and say, "Oh, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. This bill is going to be, it's going to, I'm going to veto the bill. This, the president's off his rocker. This guy's a goof," and they were always at each other's throats. But you have to understand, part of it is show business. Politics. A more large majority of it is show business. They have to keep their constituents thinking, oh, you're fighting for us, you're fighting for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because everything's about grabbing money, getting better roads, schools. Grab as much as you can. I understand that. And everybody knows it's a show, okay? But the thing is, what a lot of people didn't know, and Reagan really didn't say until right before he died, he said every Wednesday evening that he could when he was free, him and Tip O'Neill would share a dinner at the White House. They would break bread together physically. And then when dinner was done, they would go into another room and have a shot of whiskey together because both of these guys were Irish boys. Does that make sense? It was different. You know, this is before what I call the, the, the COVID terminator politicians, Mr. Trump. Mr. Trump... And he's got, he's, I don't know if there's clones of Trump, because he's everywhere all the time. My God, if he's not, you know, being indicted in New York or, 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 or going, you know, to, to, to Florida or still trying to, you know, you know try to run for, for president again. They said in uh, January, before McCarthy got the slot for Speaker of the House, Trump wanted it. I'm going, I want to be the first president to be speaker of the house i'm first i'm awesome i'm great well yeah yeah okay all right and and it, this was released through john uh jonathan carl's book called tired of winning <laughs> and he said trump would be so fascinated to be out of the loop and watch all these shows these political shows and came up with the idea of basically what is the biggest reality show in america politics and he thought, basically, you know, I can be the celebrity apprentice with the world's biggest gavel. 
Does that make sense? Unbelievable. Trump always wants to be first. He has to have everything first, and I get it. You're the first president to be impeached twice. And this is not funny. The first president to have a mugshot facing how many indictments? I, 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 I just, if, if I was an advisor to the former president, I would just try to slow him down and say, sir, we need to clean house first. He, his lawyers, I guess this week, were saying, hey, can we just put a freeze on all these indictments till after the election? Because he has another court appearance somewhere else uh, in December, which is huge. I just, if I was an advisor for him, say, sir, clean your house. Pay the fines, make amends, and why not this? Why don't you become an ambassador of goodwill? Race, look at the beautiful relationship that senior President Bush had with Bill Clinton. They were at each other's throats. That was not an easy presidential campaign. And everybody thought, I thought, Bush was going to win because there was so much against President Clinton. And, and that was a big thing back in the day. Uh, 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 you had to, it was an unwritten rule. You had to be in the military to be taken as a serious political candidate for president. It was just a different time. But you know what brought them together? Katrina. Any natural disaster, they show up together. Or, I mean, they, you want to talk about bro love. That was great. I would love for Trump to do that. For him to kind of step outside the box and do something for someone else, that would be the biggest grand slam ever. And I'm not, I'm not knocking down Mr. Trump. I'm not. I just wish things would just slow down. And as I said, this, 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 this is Monday. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I have to, I never thought I would ever say these four words. Israel is at war. And what is really sad is I, I wrote this thing um, a couple of days ago. I was supposed to do the show yesterday, but I, I got involved. Uh, I'm, I'm assisting uh, a case. It's a horrible child abuse case in which the, the, the child died. The child lived in the basement, died uh, starvation. And, 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 and there was so many similarities, and I can't really get into it. And it really, uh, it, was a, it was a Zoom meeting, and I got to see the individual, the mother, and, and what was said and what was not said. And it just broke my heart. And I didn't have the, either the, the strength or the courage to try to do the show. That's why I'm doing it today. I work out. You know, I haven't even showered and shaved because I want to do a good show for you. And I had to get new information about, you know, this is, this is Israel's 9-11. This is so serious. I, even, I just got off the phone with my son a few minutes ago. And he, he says, Dad, this is, I'm going, yeah, this is serious. Now, now I'm going to slow down. I don't believe we're going to have direct forces involved with that. I mean, well, what is the term? Lawyers, guns, and money. <laughs> Warren Devon said, lawyers, what do you need? I need lawyers, guns, and money. And in this case, the, the, the lawyer is uh, the Secretary of State, Anthony uh, Bleakin, is, 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 has made a, a visit to Israel, promising uh, all the support that we can give them. This is just so so bad and and here's what we have as of now 27 americans have died it was 22 an hour ago now it's 27 and they're not sure how many american hostages the death toll is over 2500 gaza strip mm, gone bye bye it is just this 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 is pretty bad if you remember uh, and I, I study history uh something called death con in the military, it means defense condition. And at the time, I was in Strategic Air Command. You know, they have the bombers and the aerial tankers. I was involved as a tanker. You have the ICBMs, intercontinental, intercontinental ballistic missiles. And the, uh, the only time I think the DEFCON 5 is peace. Strategic Air Command is always on four. Just <coughs> one level, you know, just leaning forward just a little bit. 
And to my knowledge, the only time we were at DEFCON 2 was in the Missiles of October. Uh, uh, one minute to midnight, as we call it. There was a film, Kevin Costner, 12 Days in October, and he did a really good job with that film. You know, and it, it was about behind the scenes about how President Kennedy and his brother Robert Kennedy were trying to figure this out when all the generals were saying, invade, invade, invade. And they had to find a solution. Says, no, we're going to quarantine. We'll get their attention. And at one time, everybody thought, if we wake up tomorrow, we're good. If not, we're at war. That was DEFCON 2. And in 1973, uh, the Egyptian forces crossed the Suez Canal. And that was extremely serious because the Egyptians were backed by the then former Soviet or the then Soviet Union. We were back in Israeli, Israel rather. And, and, and this thing was, uh, I think, I'm, I'm not sure if we went to DEFCON 2, but it was extremely serious. And now it's just it's just I, I, it's just terrible because the, what people forget is this: you do not mess with Israel. They might kick your butt, and maybe they'll shake a hand and sign a peace agreement, but they will never forget. They will never forget, and they will hunt you down. If it takes forever, yeah, you better watch your shoulder. What was that movie? Uh, I believe it was Munich. Steven Spielberg uh, directed it. They had a lot of great stars in there. And that's where Daniel Craig supposedly got his break. Uh, as James Bond, they said, wow, he's quiet, but he's intense, his character. And the, it was about the, uh, the Olympic uh, athletes that were shot by terrorists. And it was just, it was terrible. And I'm just, I've, I've, we all know somebody. As an adult, you always know somebody of, of the Jewish faith. And I've called my fr my friends of the Jewish faith, and you know, and said hello, or leave a message, and so forth. I just the the, the there's children, women, and what is the end game on this? I mean, uh, the, the the Hamas is is funded through uh, Iran, and then some folks are saying they're also being funded by the by Russia. I just don't understand it. The there's this is is you know that these are just terrible times but on the other side if i may and i said this before and i want to wrap this up nicely for you is in a time of crisis you find out who you are and what your strengths and weaknesses are and what you truly believe is in your heart or there's a divorce i am proud i really had to take it on the chin I took care of the atomic blonde during our divorce. I don't think we had one ill word. No one raised their voice. No, he said, she said, I'm going to get you. I would pack. It took me two to three hours to pack one box of clothes that I purchased for her. And I laid them all out. And it would take me like an hour or so to pack one box for her. And I made sure she was taken care of and she got whatever she wanted. And she was very gracious and kind to me as well. I was seething inside. I couldn't go. To, I would either go to the bathroom and throw up or, or, or just have massive bouts of diarrhea. I couldn't sleep for months. And it was gnawing at me. And I wanted her to feel my pain, my shame. I felt like radioactive garbage. I am so glad, though, I did the right thing. Because it was a good lesson for me, a good lesson for anybody who hears about my divorce. It's a good lesson for you. You find out who you are. And somehow it brought my, uh, 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 at, this, at the time I called her my, my daughter-in-law, but now I call her my daughter. It brought us closer together. It brought my son closer together. And then having SJ brought us so much closer together. In times of particularly natural disasters, our country comes together. Look what happened initially in 9-11. We were one country and everybody was for us. Now, we screwed up. We screwed that up. In life, you screw things up, but you move on. And I remember when I was at Katrina, I was supposed to do a, a massive book signing, and I actually put it on hold. And I was able to slice time to go to Katrina for like two and a half, three weeks. And the best thing I remember about Katrina is making friends. I met with some police officers, and we drove around together. I remember meeting, I think, it was three young men from Iran and, and another boy was with him who spoke English. 
and they were just so happy to be here to help at Katrina. We had tens of thousands of volunteers at Katrina all doing the same thing. Does that make sense? Trying to be of assistance for others in need, reaching across the aisle. And everybody who knows me, I always wear a cross. It has a leather strap because Jesus wore leather. And, and I always, sometimes I hug people. I don't care if you're a man, woman. I, I'm a hugger, okay? And I, I, I remember saying to the, the, the three boys, the young men from Iran, I always said, oh, thank you for coming here. Take good care. Be safe. God bless. And they looked at me. And I'm like, um, you, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> they just laughed. They just laughed. And I remember like the Tubbs fire. Think about it. In a matter of hours, the fire was so intense, the temperature, uh, the debris flying everywhere. Thousands of homes were gone in, in a matter of hours. Thousands. And I remember we would stage. Uh, you know, you, you, you go to the staging area, you get food, you get your briefing, you get your map. Water, fuel, lunch bag, water, water, water. Tools, batteries, boom. And I remember, you know, you go around to the area, you get all your stuff. And I saw these beautiful women uh, uh, with their kids. And, but the women were wearing, uh, the Hispanic ladies were wearing their, I guess, the dresses, the, the festival dresses, the, the, the greens, the blues, the reds, the teal. And I'm like, what's going on here? And there's background music like a fiesta going on. I'm going, what's going on here? Are you a firefighter? Yes, we are. How many in your crew? Three. And they gave us three bags of tamales, three bags each. We're going, well, what's, what's this? Well, we want to thank you for your service. And you know what's weird about that line? It's kind of like, have a, for some people, it's like, have a nice day. Yeah, thank you for your service. Yeah, yeah, you too. Get out. I mean, I've known people who just, I knew a lady who only wore the American flag on, on her, her blouse or shirt only on the 4th of July. And one time I saw her uh, walking by and, and she saw some uh, men and women in uniform, and she goes, thank you for your service. And they're polite and kind, like, yes, thank you for saying that. No. When I look at someone and say, thank you for your service, I mean what I say, and I say what I mean, and I want them to feel that. I want them to resonate. And these ladies were so kind to us. Thank you for all that you do. And I said, ma'am, miss, we're just doing our job. That's it. And then I heard, hold it. They're making us tamales. They lost everything in their, they lost their homes. These women, these families lost their homes, but somehow they're dressing up in, 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 in bright, you know, f festive garments, and they're making us a lunch, a dinner. Again, it brings people together. So right now, in the middle of, of, of what's going on in the, well, pun, Middle East, in a house seat that is vacant, this is when good leadership is needed the most. And it doesn't have to be with a voice box and a gavel. To me, it's always the little things. To me, every day I try to do this. I want to find ways to build a bridge. I want to find a way to mend a fence. I want to find a way that I'm going to have to compromise. I want, it's like a car dealership. I want this, this, and this. I can only get this, and I have to pay for that. You know what? That's fine, because at the end of the day, I'm going to have a nice car. To me, it is about compromising rather than building things, rather than blowing things to smithereens. Does that make sense? It's just when you blow things up, it's collateral damage. You know, to say something bad about your former spouse when you have kids and you say that in front of the kids, that's going to damage them, and you know that. And we all say and do things, but we have to stop pause and think, if I go into this situation, how do I get out of this situation without causing damage? Because when you stop things, when you blow things up, it stops the progress and it will hurt others. And that's it. That's it. Leadership, strong leadership is always about being of service. You know it. I know it. That's why I tell people, do three nice things a day for strangers. Do three nice things a day for yourself. When you're not feeling too good, smile. Let's put a smile on that face. That's right. Why so 
serious. Well, that's it. And once again, I want to thank the late great Diane Feinstein and her family and for those people that worked for her. God bless them all. So here's the thing. I love this line. The proper function of man is to live, not to exist. I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. Another good line. By the way, it's from Jack London. Another good line. Live a grand adventure. So to tell a great story. That's from North Sonoma Coast, California Fire Captain, batch number 4412. And you know who that is. All right. So once again, I want to thank Mr. Pat Matheny and his crew for allowing us to use his music. Uh, I'm going to have the privilege of seeing him here in a couple weeks. I'm getting a little nervous. And uh, I have a, I'm going to give him a couple books. And I think I'm going to give him my military coin because he's been of amazing service. Please go to his website. You know, you can listen to some of his pieces. It's, you'll just love it to death. So as always, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for taking time to listen to the show. Please have faith in yourself. If you're going through a hard time, remember, it's only for the now. And no is not forever. Find a way to make it happen. Crawl on class. Make it an adventure because it makes the victory all the more sweet that you earned it every step of the way. Why? Because you do as much as you can for as many as you can for as long as you can. That's leadership. So until next time, my friends, please take good care. And as always, good day, good luck, and God bless. Thank you.